three, two, one, ghost. Hello again. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I am Kyle, your host with the silent G, sitting across from me, best pal. Natalie, the other yeah, Natalie. Yeah, the, the other, yeah, the other Natalie. I'm gonna have to make sure that uh, we might have to go elementary school rules. So I'm gonna have to keep referring to you as Natalie P um throughout <laughs> this podcast and then jesus i don't know her last name <laughs> i don't either maybe we refer to natalie as alicia alicia witt as her uh, her alicia real name witt. natalie alicia natalie simon okay i have i have the wikipedia in front of me so um if and if that is not enough clue as to what this episode is about or the title of this episode whenever you're streaming it from wherever you're streaming it i'm so excited natalie because we are going to be going over the 1998 hmm, dare i say very underrated silent you know under the radar slasher classic urban legend Ooh, i like that you said it was underrated it has a 24% on Rotten Tomatoes. Not that that's the biggest indicator, but uh, it's pretty much, if you have to get that low on Rotten Tomatoes, nobody is overrating your movie, I don't think. I have some thoughts around that, and I think that it's going to fit in with a reoccurring theme. Anyone who's listening to this that was born in the late 80s or early 90s will know and possibly love all of the movies that we're talking about. Anyone outside of that realm may not have seen this movie. Is that, do we feel like that's fair? Or do you think that this is more well-known than I'm giving it credit for? Because it's 25 years old. There are people who can legally drink for four years that were born the year that this movie came out. Yeah, I wouldn't think anybody would, I don't know. I mean, like anybody who was our age when that movie came out know what this movie is or care about it i mean i think that what i liked about this movie it was so perfect for me at, at that age because like when i was like 13 years old when the movie came out and just turned 13 september 98 um thanks for telling me that right before i started recording september 98 <laughs> um it was you know like gosh uh i mean i think every critique of this movie in every review of this movie, I'm sure includes Scream being mentioned. I know what you did last summer being mentioned. I mean, mm -hmm. after Scream came out in late 96, I mean, gosh, it was like less than a year later when Scream 2 came out. And then after that, you get like, I know what you did last summer. You get this movie, Urban Legend. You get like just, you know, a, a, a bevy of these, these kind of they're not all like scream where they feel like they're all like in the know or whatever, but these very like hip fast talking, I'm going to mention it again, Dawson's Creek, <laughs> um, that sort of, you know, also Kevin Williamson, right? Like all that sort of, uh, that sort of dialogue, you know, I mean, gosh, even um, Bride of Chucky that came out that year too, very much borrowed from a little bit of those, those scream you know hits that, that scream formula a little bit so i feel like this movie will always be under the shadow of just being compared to something that yes of course is much 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 better in scream but for what it's working with i think this movie takes some swings and i think at the end of the day this movie's fun as hell and i really i really enjoy it i really enjoy watching it each time i I agree partially. I think my 
my overall view of it went down in this in this watch but when i looked at the the release date and i was like okay this came out in 1998 i know i know what you did last summer came out the year before that scream came out the year before that so it's in that era of like a beautiful cast laid out on the movie poster and like that slasher like repeat but what's what's interesting is i think this movie is much more fun than i know what you did last summer which is very somber very serious overall what are you waiting for huh (laughs) but i we were I, i was talking about it as i was watching it and i was thinking to myself okay this movie doesn't have the fun that Scream has because it's not as meta. And I swear I'm not going to spend this full time comparing this to Scream. But then I like really thought about it and I was like, okay, actually there are some meta jokes, but it's not within like the horror genre. It's like more self-aware of like the actors and the characters and things like that. And I think there's some fun jokes in this movie, but they're it still has a more serious tone than like your fun slasher and the theme is such a fun theme so i i feel like it takes like a lot of like chances in a positive direction and some of them fall flat for me you had mentioned um one kind of hallmark of those those movies at the time is the the beautiful cast i think the cast is probably the strongest um factor in this movie like i've got this wikipedia up like what a kick-ass cast plus jared leto we've got alicia witt <laughs> you know alicia witt is like you know you, you gotta have that just dumb boring lead character that no one likes now i think an exception is nev campbell in scream right because nobody likes jennifer love hewitt and i know what you did last summer right sarah michelle Gellar no, is way better and um and I feel like in most movies, it's like, you know, ah, the lead, the lead, you know, final girl in these is always the least interesting one. But you've got Rebecca Gayhart, MVP of this movie. Um, easy. Absolutely. Oh, geez. If there's there's some like MVP A and MVP B, you know, so we'll, we'll get over that. Um, you've got a kick ass Tara Reid. She's a very underrated actress. She's in some great movies too. Um, and this you've... was like, this was when she was like hot. Like not like, not like her appearance. Like she was like hot. Like everybody wanted her in their movies. Like the, pretty sure this was, damn, another American Pie reference. But if we're going to be talking about late nineties movies, it's just going to happen. But this was, I think a, a year before American Pie came out. I'm pretty sure that was 99. Do we decide that? two episodes ago i can't remember i believe so yeah we're going to be talking a lot about american pie and dawson's creek i think it's the same year as the big lebowski though um Mm. you've got uh michael rosenbaum who's probably more well known as being he was in that smallville tv show he was lex luther i was the whole time i was watching it i was like am i only remembering this actor from this movie i could not place where else i had seen him because i didn't i didn't take the time to watch smallville but i i do like him he was in an early episode of it's always sunny too i want to say like first or second season somewhere in there um you've got joshua jackson you know pacey come on as always and i don't dies too soon 
Mm, yeah, I know. That was a fun one. Um, and then you've got, gosh, and then you've got like this roster of just kick-ass, like horror adjacent people, as well as just some straight up mm -hmm. MVPs. You know, first you've got industry legend. I'm going to say industry legend a lot here. Uh, industry legend, Loretta Divine. Um, just her. always killing it in every single thing she's in, whether it is so horror, good. whether it's comedy, whether it's drama, she is awesome. I have not seen the sequels of these movies, but I'm pretty sure she's in them. And I'm like, ah, I'll, I'll watch them if she You if haven't she watched is. the second one? Mm -mm, final cut. Oh, she's like borderline like lead in that movie. Like they realized that people loved Reese and, uh, and they needed more of her. There's something about Loretta Devine's voice. I could listen to her talk forever. I, I love the way she speaks. You've got um, Daniel Harris, who mm -hmm. as as the roommate, and well, she's awesome too. Um, all of her stuff's awesome. I've got notes she's on this. <laughs> um, from being uh, in two different timelines of Halloween movies. Yes. Um, and then you've got fucking legends your one-two punch right of both brad duriff in the beginning yeah. um as well as robert england both industry legends um in their own right and so even that alone i feel like just like watching that that shit just brought a smile to my face um that I, I remember when we were watching it once we decided we were doing this movie the first thing i sent you that gif of uh of brad duriff <laughs> someone's in the back seat just in the pouring rain and he's so awesome and i'll want to get to all that opening in a minute but um yeah just the cast of this movie alone is is pretty pretty awesome and yeah i shit on jared so, leto but that first 30 seconds of mars albums it's, oh, it's, uh, it's okay it's okay yeah <laughs> i think it's fun i think it's fun yeah. um it's very it's very of its time okay i have a i have a few things to say sure about the cast do you feel that the cast blinds you to some of the flaws of this movie. Hundred percent. Um, I think I... that I will willingly ignore and and I will through this. Well, no, I don't know because I'm going to continue just to point out like fun plot holes and things that make no sense in this movie. But yeah. all it does it does add to the fun of it. It looks like everybody is having a shit ton of fun making this, and I would just oh, just kill to be on that set. Just get on a park and grab an axe literally pun, pun intended yeah. um you know, kill to be on that set um yeah this was before jared leto got like really annoying i think um when he was still when he was still like the cute dreamy guy that was was cast for roles like these but okay here's here's my thing about here's my thing about this cast and maybe i'm only like thinking of like a few people here um the actress in the opening scene who plays what is her name michelle michelle mancini which i mean the other mancini i think of especially yeah. after you've just seen brad dorif in this scene um so thought about that that was, that was an interesting name choice but yeah Mich michelle mancini yeah her acting is is not great but there's there's like a few side characters that they're just so terrible that the people like like Robert England who's always amazing and always, always manages to be creepy even if he's not 
meant to be a creepy character. Like, maybe he's a red herring for this movie, but it really feels off balance when you have somebody who's, like, has that much presence on screen versus, like, this random actress in the beginning. But maybe I'm being too harsh because I really like the opening scene. The opening, and, and, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, let's just jump right into it, let's just, you know? Let's um, just jump into it. So, first of all, I got um, getting Tim Burton vibes here with this music. Yes! That, you know, I was thinking, like, does this movie take place during Christmas? Because I'm hearing the Danny Elfman, like, din, da, da, dun, din, din, you know, whatever, whatever. And then complete with Michelle Mancini, like, having this Lydia Dietz, like, pointy haircut. Um, I was like, what movie are we in right now? Um, I was getting hard Tim Burton vibes there. And I do throw the, out the movie a little bit, just with that music. The opening music and, like, the music throughout the whole movie. And I actually, when I, I was on a tear of listening to a bunch of horror movie soundtracks while I was working, highly recommend if anybody needs some something to calm them. So I listened to this soundtrack a couple months back it's really good like just the the score of the movie is really good and i totally got tim burton vibes when i listened to it and especially in the opening scene the music is very effective i thought you were talking about the soundtrack like zoot suit riot you know and not the, that the, sound no the, the stabbing westward song that's in there no the actual score <laughs> Plus Zoot Suit Riot, because come on. Do we? But do we think that college students were playing that at their party even in 1998? Um, no. My only, my only Zoot Suit Riot story. Because <laughs> everyone's got one. You right? have one. Yeah. Uh, no. I somehow made my way into the middle school band, but like ensemble band, you know. But I was playing guitar, and I didn't really know like the chords I was playing or really what I was doing. Um, but I think I remember like you know that and some other songs where like some chords were like in like a F diminish add nine, and I'm like, uh, I'm just gonna play an F. <laughs> hope for the best. That's not how music works. So, uh, I, but I do remember, um, man, that shit popped off at the middle school talent show when we got on stage and played Zoot Suit Riot. I think I got so into it for a second, I like knocked over someone's, uh, you know, little music stand thing. And it was a whole, I don't, I, I, I couldn't tell you how to play that song though. I mean, I'm sure, you know. I, I, as soon as you start talking about music, I, right over my head, right I, over my head. I did make a note that, yeah, I mean, like who, who hasn't, who, who hasn't wooed a, wooed a crush and made out to Zoot Suit Riot. Come on. Um, so we've got, you know, Michelle Mancini um, driving in the rain. I did have to look up. Um, there are only two states where you cannot pump your own gas. Um, so I was like, I where does one. this take place? I know. I think Oregon, there is still like you still it's not all of them you still you have the ability maybe in some but the only hard no is uh is new jersey where yep at least this part takes place kind of miss it i don't particularly enjoy pumping my gas so i would like to start with tara reed being on the radio talking to this college girl sure who shares that she's been <laughs> stealing her roommate's birth control pills and switching mm -hmm. them for baby aspirin 
and her roommate gets pregnant and she says how am i gonna find a new roommate this late in the semester that's pretty good that is I a didn't, terrible uh... person what a terrible person she's worse than brenda <laughs> i mean that's what do you a mean? crime she's she, she you she's creating life natalie come on <laughs> let's let's she's assisting in the creation of life so you know i think um yeah that's one of our first kind of urban legends right we're introduced to um is the you know the switching out of the birth control and did she even say why she's like i've just been doing this just because or she didn't agree with it she she doesn't say why and yeah. i have to say sasha our radio host is the worst at giving advice yeah i don't know if that's that's the point of the show is for her to give sex advice and just help people with their problems i just what what, what college like yeah radio station is like <laughs> what what teacher you know whatever hosting <laughs> that class or whatever is like yeah i'm just gonna let you go ahead <laughs> just i'm just gonna let you go ahead and let this girl talk about swallowing cum on the on the college radio yeah i know right i um i never heard of anyone switching out birth control i did remember hearing somewhere in in, in high school about someone that poked holes in condoms um but at, at our at, high school at our high school yeah actually no actually i can't remember because the person that told me see i know this is how it starts um because the person that told me was at tvhs which is a, sorry the other the other high school the other in high our school. town. I I think it's important for everyone to know that we did go to high school together. So if there were any urban legends, we can fact check each other. Yeah. But I did remember hearing that story. But then I'm like, hey, so that's maybe that's our that's our version, right? Because I I didn't even hear it. Oh, it's not a it's a friend of a friend. But he went to the different high school across town, and he told me this and this and this. But so but then I was like, I think that was probably just a nasty rumor about somebody. And it wasn't very probably, nice. Probably. Probably. And I always thought that the poking holes in condoms stories happen more in college mm. than in high school. Because then you've solidified what type of career or athlete that person might be. And that's where it's like a nasty, it's like a nasty anti-feminist urban legend. Right. Right. So she's listening to this and then switches over to that song, you know, with the turnaround over and over again. Bonnie um, Tyler, total yeah. eclipse of the heart. And she's, yeah, just keep saying turnaround. <laughs> so Very on that, the nose. That's pretty, that's, that's pretty silly. Um, one thing I did notice, so she pulls over to get gas. One thing, gas, a dollar and 14 cents. Oh, Jesus. Um, that's awesome. And then two, when you see the gas tank go down, it it goes down like pretty fast, going from like a eighth of a tank all the way down. You see it just move pretty quickly, and I'm like, did someone like cut her gas lines? And then also like, how would a friend have timed that so perfectly um, to get them? I I wonder someone who was a full-blown adult driving might have to fact check me on this but i wonder if the gas gauge just wasn't as advanced of technology as it is now so like it would just be like, oh, you're mm -hmm. out of gas all of a sudden and just drop more suddenly maybe fuck you dude you're it out of gas. like an old car mm. an older car I mean, it's 25 years old 
at this point. <laughs> it wasn't that I know. <laughs> it didn't look like it didn't look like a brand new car for her either in that moment of 1988. So, so. she pulled so she pulls over and this is where we get introduced by industry legend one, uh Brad Dourif here. Um voice of Chucky, sorry if anybody does not know that. Um also in some other wonderful things. But uh Lord of you think he's in two towers? He's or is it Return Lord of the, the King? Rings. I think it's, yeah, you were I think... asking the wrong person. That's not my genre, but he's the... I thought he was in two of them. He might be in both. He's the 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 like the worm tongue dude. Maybe that's his name. Sure. Sure. We'll go, we'll go with that. We'll send that to the research team. We'll see. Yeah, we'll shoot, we'll shoot it out to the research team. Um, so he's checking in the back. He's acting a little weird. He goes inside. He comes back out, and you know he's got. Damn this poor guy. I'm sure he's just so fucking mad at himself because he's got that stutter and he's like i'm just trying to tell you something i'm sorry i can't help it please stop thinking i'm a creep i'm just trying to help you and it is just not working none of none of what he's doing is working you skipped you skipped the most important part as soon Which as part? he approaches the window when he approaches the window and stutters she immediately goes freak show just because he has a stutter like She's a bad person. Anyone who treats Brad Dourif that way has it coming. She deserved the beheading. I mean, as we kind of also unravel a little bit of the uh, the motivation behind, you know, Brenda doing this, I'm like, you know, it, Michelle is kind of awful. She should have been the one that was tortured the whole time. That's if anything, what I was... you off Natalie super fast because she was just there for the ride, literally. And Michelle uh, was the one that was, like, just pushing that too far. That's what I was thinking. And, and yeah, I, <laughs> yeah, it makes none of, yeah, a lot of this movie makes no sense, but it doesn't matter because it's fun. And also on top of that, like, I just think an axe in the back seat of a car just seems so inefficient. Um, really? Just the way to, like, to wield that, you know, I would just say, like. A knife, Ooh. just right. Just a nice throat, clean throat slit would have been good. But also, you're going to axe someone's head off that's driving the car that you're in? Yeah. Twice. That's risky. Yeah. yeah. Very risky. Just not giving a fuck. Because clearly, like, well, she's, what, clearly she's not wearing a seatbelt. So I don't understand. I don't know. <laughs> in 1998, she may not have had to. <laughs> so we, so she goes in, um, what he's like oh yeah something something's wrong with the card you know and she's like oh you know sure whatever weirdo um goes inside you know says the credit card company's on the phone the phone's off the hook and she picks it up and it's and it's dead you know no one's there when did he take the phone off the hook and why would he no it had he had it off the hook so that it looked like someone was on the phone then, if you recall, when you had a landline, if you didn't dial fast enough, it would do that doot, 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 type sound, and that's the sound that it was making when she picks it up. But why? Was he worried that Brenda was going to see that? That it wasn't actually off the hook? No, I think it was to lure her, like, in the building. Like, what if, if you... Okay, let's we'll switch this to a female perspective. She's sure. already scared as hell to go into this building with this guy. She grabbed her mace. She's on guard. He knows that he comes across as a little bit creepy because of the stutter and he's soaking wet in the rain and he's Brad Dourif. So he looks a little creepy to begin with. 
if you walked in, if I would immediately look at that phone. And if I saw that that phone was not off the hook, I'd be out right back out of the building. He had to get that door locked behind her to get her to like pick up the receiver. That's, that's how I, how I thought about it. Cause he knew he had to lock them in the building for safety. And then who knows how long it was going to take him to get the message out. Obviously not fast enough. He bought himself all of like half a second there, but you know, yeah. so it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work. His approach probably would have worked better if he would have just wrote it down on a piece of paper real quick and just like lifted it up to the window. Just there's someone in the back seat. Yeah. Like why? He could have done that. I mean, I would have said just try to yell it or say it as they're going inside. Just being like, someone's in the back seat. I'm locking the door. Mm-hmm. Or at least try to get something out then. Yeah. So I mean, you know, but I, I do, I do get it. I guess. Thank you for your female perspective. <laughs> I just when All right. when he when he said that the like that the card company was on the phone, like yeah, that that would have. That would have been enough for me to be like, how am I going to get out of this situation without paying? But the gas pump was our, I probably would have driven away with the pump like in the car. Yeah. Well, then you could do that. And I've done it before. (laughs) It's like, I know, because I've done it before. No. Not for safety. No harm, no foul. Just out of stupidity. Yeah, yeah. Um, So she kicks out the glass, gets back in the car, drives off. Again, the song is like telling her, hey, turn around. She is not doing it. Um, and then pretty quickly, she just gets gets axed. And yeah. it's probably the kill that you see the most of. And the practical effects are a little a little rough. Maybe other than the Dean. You get yeah. to watch him get smushed. Yeah, I did like that kill, though. Um, mm-hmm. Gosh, so where we are. So we cut to now we've got the campus, right? Mm-hmm. And now the word has gone out that that Michelle died or was you know murdered. No, they're at the they're at a coffee shop or whatever that that cafe or whatever it is, and they're talking about. I'm pretty sure it's on campus. Yeah, it's right. on campus for sure. It's like a lounge or a coffee shop or something. Right, I'm looking it up right now. Don't worry, I'll cut out all this gap. <laughs> Perfect. So, okay, so there, yeah, you're right. So there, well, so it's both. They're they're at a campus coffee shop. There's some. Yeah. I gotta pull up Wikipedia really, really quick here, um, and then they're telling the story of the Stanley Hall massacre. Yes. Which is this under wraps. No one really knows. You know the details of what happened, even though it really took Jared Leto all of two seconds to find like a newspaper clipping about it, proving that it happened. Um, oh, the, the janitor I... left that. The janitor left it for him. See, that's what yes. that's what happens he when I wait three be, days. Just wouldn't be standing creepily in the door, like watching him discover the newspaper, and then Jared Leto kind of looks at him for a second, like, "Thanks, man." But how hard would that have been to find that newspaper clipping otherwise? But also, let's talk. Let's talk about the Stanley Hall massacre. Sure. If it was enough people to get murdered, that it was considered to be a massacre, and it was at a college. So we're talking about multiple college students getting murdered in one night. Do we really realistically think that this college could cover that up completely? How, no way. See. How many people need to die? 
for it to be a massacre. Let's go ahead, Google. Are you gonna give me a number? <laughs> Cowards! No one's giving. No one's giving me a hard. Skipping hard the research team, going straight to <laughs> Google. I do. I do my own research now. <laughs> I saw. I started following uh, some social media. I started following <laughs> Joe Rogan. I do my own research now. Um. So they're talking about the Stanley Hall massacre, which, yeah, apparently they've been able to cover this up. Um, and then they're talking. So, and then you also introduced to Brenda as well. Um, mm -hmm. You've got Parker talking to Natalie and Brenda. And then that's when Paul, who's played by Jared Leto, he inserts himself and says, Hey, he discredits it saying like, bro, you know, that's all made up, dude. You're just playing, you're just playing a game of telephone. Just another cog mm -hmm. in that wheel um was he fr like what i can never figure out is was he a part of this friend group before all these disasters started happening or did he just insert himself into natalie's life yeah i think i think it's the latter because i don't i couldn't tell who was actually like in this friend group entirely like i couldn't even tell if i mean the only it seems that everyone was in the friend group except for Paul. But at the same time, Natalie almost feels like she's newer to the friend group just because she doesn't she doesn't quite fit the vibe of the rest of them. Like they all seem kind of like wild and fun and like pranksters and you know all of that. And she's very like she's giving final girl vibes, but not in the good way. That's the that's the slasher trope. Everyone else is having fun talking about sex and drinking beers and smoking jays so it's <laughs> of course they're all going to be fucking fodder which they are most of them yeah. um so at the same time you know all the news about michelle is is spreading um and then you've got again you've got your dean and then you're also introduced to um officer reese played by industry legend loretta divine um who are already working to cover it up just just like the higher ups in the police would right trying to cover this up being like ah oh, whatever it's just a thing don't even worry about it. it didn't even happen on campus so i don't even know why they even feel as compelled to cover it up like they would in um yeah something she's that just happened a on campus yeah, yeah like she's a student there but it happened off campus maybe they just want to make sure that nothing murder related is associated with the college the other thing about the stanley hall thing is how well or how not well it works as a red herring because i mean okay so michelle dies first natalie knows immediately what you know or at least someone's dead or my friend is dead mm -hmm. um my my main involved at least you know my main involvement with her currently at this point, at least pre her getting axed in the car, is that we were both on probation um, entering mm -hmm. college because we straight up, you know, committed manslaughter. Or, you know, she was an accomplice to, to murder. Which was reckless endangerment. Reckless I thought for sure that would be manslaughter. Reckless endangerment. Yeah, see, that's just... That's what happens when you're wealthy and wealthy and white. You get off on those those easy ones. Um, mm -hmm. It's a slap on the wrist. But they, so that's why I'm like, 
if she thinks that there is a killer, why is she even bothering with the Stanley Hall stuff when she knows? Uh, maybe if the sense this thing seems to be following me and targeting me and already killed somebody that was a part of this thing, don't you think it might be involved in that time you kind of participated in killing somebody? Um, like she, it it just doesn't click until much later, or at least when she says like, "Oh yeah, by the way, maybe I was involved in this thing." That maybe has some, something to do with it. So that's a perfect example of something that like I've forgiven over the years. And I say over the years, cause I've definitely watched this movie quite a few times. Mm-hmm. I've forgiven that piece of the plot quite a few times because it's clearly there to distract the audience because it, but also at the same time, you're like, this can't be a, I know what you did last summer situation where this guy's actually still alive and is, is tracking Natalie and, had murdered Michelle so I think it's this like fun way to just create more mystery that's where like I go into like the scream comparison is that they're trying to give you as many different options of who could be the killer because it could be somebody who's been at the college for a long time and maybe was involved in the Stanley Hall massacre or it could be the guy that they hit with the car or the guy who got in the car accident it could be him. Maybe he's still alive. Or it could be someone in the friend group, which it is. But I think they're trying to really give you a lot of options so that you're you're trying to solve this mystery with her. Yet they land... But they're not good at it. Yeah, I was going to say, yet they land on nearly the exact same plot as I Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, <laughs> which yeah, I might just talk about really quick now... <laughs> Um, just the more blatant comparisons to that movie where it's like, you know, you have all, an almost identical motive here. Uh, mm-hmm. Someone that you killed in a car-related situation um, that you got off the hook about. Someone is taking into their own hands and getting revenge. Uh, one of the main people involved, David Evans, uh, in I Know What You Did Last Summer, it was David Egan. Um, just switch one letter there. <laughs> as far as he wasn't the dude in the fisherman's hook or whatever but um it is almost basically the same thing um just you know you have all these urban legends things because it can't be based off horror movies like scream what else what else is kind of spooky we can base things on so i don't know i thought it was for for all the different try to thread threads it tries to give you it's like nah we're just gonna land on that other movie you saw but again still great do you think that the i don't i don't know what to call that that coat that that brenda is wearing the that fluffy hooded coat that she wears a parka there you go a parka see southern california i have no idea what that is She's got the parka and the axe, and then you compare it to I Know What You Did Last Summer, and it's the fisherman, and he's got the, like, raincoat, hood, and hook. I don't find either of those two things menacing or scary at all in a movie capacity. Like, I I don't find either of them scary, whereas that silly costume that Ghostface wears in Scream, I think is way way scarier like there there are moments in scream that are scary both of like i know what you did last summer and this movie i don't find scary i find them entertaining and suspenseful maybe but 
I, I don't like that design that like character design yeah i think it's a pretty pretty boring design and it doesn't seem to signify much like what is the connection like it's like at least in i don't know i guess scream they're just like oh it's just just such a common costume we'll just use that common halloween costume and then for i know what you did last summer like at least he was a fisherman so at least he would have mm-hmm. access to that kind of stuff whereas like yeah. where's the axe parka situation parka. and what does that have to do with urban legends if anything but um so we before we get to i think oh yeah i was about to jump into the joshua jackson trying to console her but i think we jump into the urban legends class with robert england right um one thing that's in between that is they walk by stanley hall so they show you that it's, it's an abandoned building i've never heard of anyone saying bloody mary in front of a boarded up door no usually that's a mirror situation yeah so i thought that was interesting um and i almost maybe this is me giving brenda too much credit but i almost feel like that was her like test to see how well natalie knows urban legends of any kind to do bloody mary completely incorrectly yeah maybe or at least just to introduce the idea that like you know even if we do it incorrectly like let's just introduce this idea of urban legends to her or whatever um mm-hmm. well also just yeah very conveniently just being enrolled in in that class where that just happens to be what they're talking about i don't think it's even an urban legend class it's like an american folklore class but yeah there's the urban legend bits and then you got you know robert england um this i scene, would take that class Uh, 100%. Me too. Uh, This scene plus the other Joshua Jackson uh, college college class scene in Scream 2. um, Straight up reasons I wanted to go to college. And I was very excited. (laughs) I was very excited to find out in my undergrad. I was like, oh my god, there there was an American horror class (laughs) that I got to take. And we're just sitting in this large hall. And we're just talking about, you know, the mise-en-scene and cultural allegories behind, like, Halloween, you know? Was, and I'm like, this is incredible. This shit exists. Was, and, your, was your professor as cool as Robert England? She was murdered under uh, mysterious circumstances, actually, it turns out. Rick, shut up. No, I, um... She was okay. She was she was all right. But you know, we had a separate writing portion of the class um, that I took because I need some extra writing credits. Um, and that teacher, um, uh, Heather Stansbury, uh, was fucking fantastic. Um, I wrote my favorite papers I ever wrote, which that means they're the only papers I enjoyed writing. Um, just being able to talk about what did I do? Oh yeah, I wrote that paper on motherhood. As much as I know about motherhood, um, what did I use? Like Psycho, Rosemary's Baby, and shit. I forget the third movie. Um, but yeah, just comparing just how, just how awful it is to be a mother in movies, or at least in these movies. Um, I would but, love to read that. Gosh, I bet I could dig it out. I'm sure it's a, you know, I'm sure you get a Pulitzer. Um, 
so this urban legend class scene i'm just like i just ate this shit up because i'm like oh Love if, it. if this is college then fuck yeah i'm all behind it and also that makes sense why you know <laughs> everyone's just drinking and partying in college because it's not like we're learning any value we're just <laughs> we're just we're just eating pop rocks and shit um yeah i mean just imagine these kids all still managed to get murdered and they were taking a literal class that was talking about urban legends so if it wasn't going to help them in this situation it is completely useless for any other experience they might have in life and it's not even like Scream where it's like, you know, they talk about the rules of, you know, a horror movie, or rules of a sequel, or rules of a trilogy, and the movie just goes and like doesn't follow any of those rules whatsoever. Slight knock against Scream. But uh, at least with these movies, it's like, if you know your urban legends, like you're fine. You just know not to, I don't know. I, I, I check the back sometimes. I'm always checking my rear view, you know? I always check the back seat of my car, even if it's locked. And I don't say, I just don't talk in front of mirrors. Don't do it. Just because, you know what? I don't know whether it's, you know, Candyman or whether it's Bloody Mary or whatever. Um, yeah, just no, just why, why chance it? In, in my head, it's always Candyman because I, I have no reference to what Bloody Mary might look like. So I'm, I'm always thinking of Tony Todd. Bloody, I if, imagine. If I'm looking in the mirror, probably. Yeah. Not, probably with less bees crawling out of her mouth um but i love that i love uh pacey wise crack i'm always gonna call him pacey um, he's always pacey wise wise cracking you know faking the pop rocks thing have you tried that before pop rocks and uh coke as, as a kid yes yeah, um uh it, i'm still alive to tell the tale but it did give yeah. me a tummy ache yeah that'll do it yeah i um I was, you know, I was into this movie a lot. I, um, gosh, I must have dragged one of my friends in middle school to see this. I remember my mom dropping me off or buying me the ticket and dropping me off. Yeah, because it's, it's rated R. Yeah, there are a lot of movies that, yeah. But I did see this one in theaters, though. And uh, and then afterwards, like, you know, using my, like, chore money and going to bars and Barnes and & Noble and buying, you know, this, like, oversized you know comic novella of urban legends um and just reading i did the all same i did the same thing i went and got a book about urban legends because i also watched this movie a lot oh, yeah. and it was just the perfect age for that and this this was still this was still when all these like slashers were being pumped out and they were rated r mm -hmm. so it it gets a it gets a plus for that I know, and I was thinking, like, what Urban Legends would be good for the sequel, and then I think I got bored before that sequel came out, and of course I never saw it, so um, who knows, maybe they do pull some for good ones. But, um, you know, Pacey is trying to console Natalie S. here, and um, it's just like, hey, you know, this is hard for you, let's let's just go out, let's just, just talk, you know, be, to, you know, whatever, whatever, I'll be your friend. No, no funny business um did believe it for a second i as soon as he's he's like says he wants to like as soon as he sits down and is checking on her he does a really good job of like playing it like i do not give a shit how you're feeling like i'm clearly trying to make a move here like i i think he does a really good job of that and 
doesn't he use to get to get her out of the house? He says that Parker, world's worst dog owner, is going to pierce the dog's nose. Which is pretty mild compared to spoiler alert, we um <laughs> normally I will not watch something if there's dog violence. I I was going to start with, did you forget what happens to the dog? Because I can handle dog violence in movies. This is the worst, the worst dog kill I think I've ever seen in a movie. Yeah, and we'll get there. Um, <laughs> it's, but, it's... but he mentions piercing the dog's nose. And I was like, the visual that I got in my head of what that might look like is terrifying. It sounds awful. So awful. I um so they drive out into the woods. Dumb little joke, you know, when they pull over and he's on the radio and you know the 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 DC theme starts starts pumping. Um, that Paula Cole. I was about to say Paula Abdul. <laughs> no, it's Paula Cole. It's called I Don't Want to Wait. It'd be way funkier if it were Paula Abdul, though. <laughs> I I thought that was I thought that was funny. Like that was a fun meta little little moment i think so too i mean that was definitely the 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 height of that show's popularity was like 1997 to 1999 oh yeah um and again you know like we said in the other episode you know we're team pacey folk over here um and this is like the 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 mix of like it's like two different urban legends where it's like the dude on the car with the foot scratching and then also wasn't there a situation with the hook in the door or is that or is that they bring that up afterwards where it's like oh the way i heard it was that there was like a hook on the door um when they leave because so, so there's there's two different urban legends so there's yeah the one that that yeah you're right that they see through where the boyfriend is swinging like you can hear his feet scraping or his hands whichever way he's hung and the second one is you hit they hear scratching and they make it back to the house but there's a hook in the car that's the one right so it's yeah. it's you know definitely more that first one but um yeah i thought that was pretty good again i just think like ah if that was yeah the parka doesn't do anything for me so i don't get super like super it's, uh intimidated it's not by that scary no. and i I think what's really, really funny about this whole scene, it feels very dated now because, you know, Damon goes through the whole story of his, his girlfriend who's passed away and it's very clear he's lying because he says she had, she had a syndrome and you can see that Natalie can tell that he's lying and, you know, she like, she basically is like, you know, fuck off dude like this isn't gonna happen but he immediately goes into like saying like why do you have to be such a bitch because she doesn't want to make out with him yeah. or hook up with him they're like okay calm calm down like you parked out in the middle of the woods and there would be nothing worse than like having someone be aggressive towards you like in that moment where you're just in the dark in the woods but then it takes it a step further when he says he has to pee and he goes out and she hears the rustling of him being attacked. She kind of like hears a noise and it's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, 
what would you what do you think he's doing that she's like kind of like giggling did you catch that no like it's almost as if she suspects that maybe he's jerking off in the woods and i'm like yeah that would not make you giggle like you'd be like what the fuck is going on out there (laughs) Like, it's such a weird moment. I had no idea what was going on. And the worst part is, of like, how do I not know what's going on? And I've seen this movie so many times. Like, wh- what does she think is happening? I'm going to have to, when next time, I'll have to put the volume up and listen for it. <laughs> listen yeah, for it. It, it's just, it's, it's um, strange. So, you know, one thing I think I enjoyed about this movie is I felt that, you know, spoiler alert, the killer is, killer is Brenda. Um, I thought most all of these kills could have reasonably been done by a 22-year-old woman. Um, I agree. Now, this one, though. This one's the the least believable, but she uses the pulley system. Yes. But I'm assuming... Okay, let's assume that the rope is already there. She would have known... Explain to me the pulley system. Yeah. Okay, this is this is where it's it's a problem. So mm-hmm. in order for this whole thing to work, that rope would have had to have already been there because it is on an extremely high branch. It's a high tree, yeah. It's, it's all a tree. high tree. So she may have known where they were gonna park. Maybe Damon takes all the ladies to this particular spot. I don't know. Yeah. Because if it was already hung on the tree, if the rope was already on the tree. She hooks it to the back of the car. So now the car is lifting him and hanging him. Because you just need to get the rope on his neck and then it will do the rest of the work for you. But both of those things can't, like both of those things couldn't be true. Like logistically, she would need a partner in this situation, right? I would think, you know, but that was as far as I could could figure out (laughs) how that would be possible. But otherwise, I do appreciate... um, how a lot of these other kills work um but it is pretty funny she drives off it just pulls him right up yeah snaps his neck at the branch <laughs> he's great. done and so far i mean at least brenda's killing you know kind of shitheads yeah I'm so up. far she's she's killed two pretty shitty people and there's gonna be a couple and then but also some people that have not well i mean so outside of of michelle Nobody else that's dead has has anything to do with this. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it seems like it's all a ploy to just torture Natalie, which is why I'm like, why didn't we go for Michelle and kill her friend group? Yeah, that makes no sense. You could have just, and then and then she would have had that extra guilt, like when Michelle dies, being like, fuck, she wasn't even the one driving the fucking car. I was, you know, yeah. like you could have at least had that extra little bit there. But, um. Now, one thing I think we missed, but because I'm pretty sure Daniel Harris has been introduced at this point as her um, roommate. Um, and she walks which... in on, on her just daylight, middle of the day, doggy style, door unlocked. I love that for her. Dude, she just gets, she's like, what the fuck? Are you... <laughs> what are you doing Why are you in entering here? your own room? <laughs> I know. I love it. I love um I love how mean she is. Yeah, I like how the 90s like this version of goths um basically 
It's just having having sex with weird people, smoking cigarettes, <laughs> and hanging out on AIM. Um, I yeah. think the only thing you're missing is like maybe like a diner coffee or something. Um, yes. But I, I I like this, especially when she's um, calling out for you know to see if uh, see if there's a hookup around. And mm -hmm. what did she say? gothic guys looking to hook up you know i want to go down or someone who wants to go down a similar dark path or whatever yeah. she said i thought um also i was wondering do 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 goths say gothic i feel like no one says gothic anymore you know it's like i don't i don't think so i mean maybe then but I don't, I don't know. feel I like she's the best representation of someone who's goth because every goth person I've ever met in my life was actually very lovely and friendly. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And she is, she is a cold, hard bitch, and I love it. Like, imagine reacting that way anytime someone asked you a question. It'd be pretty funny. You're going to be like, what? Never heard goth people say i'm looking for a gothic guy i just feel like it's like people you know it's like people in california that say cali that's a dead giveaway you're not from california um if you if you call it cali um i refuse anyone who disagrees but i thought that was uh i thought that was pretty great and just the idea of also just pre y2k internet scares it's always pretty good they're still figuring yes. all of that out all the all the chat room situations and like this and in scream i thought were all pretty good yeah and just you know the time capsule of her going to use the telephone and not being able to because tosh was using the internet yeah that that is some old school problems yeah dang i don't know how my parents put up with me if i was holding up the phone line to i know say stupid shit in a chat room with my dumb friends you oh know? yeah you would be on on instant messaging just for hours about nothing dang you know how many you know how many internet girlfriends i had when i was like 13 it's that that was a bad that was a bad time for the internet because we really just had no idea what we were doing like we were just like you know what I'm 13. I'm grown as hell. Like, I'm gonna message people that may or may not be adults, children, pedophiles, could be anybody. Oh, it dude, I going off. I think I just remember going on a friend's, you know, like family computer. You know, this is like a Friday night. We got some pizza. TGIF was on. Um, and this was like, and we were just like, let's go. <laughs> let's go. Let's go fall in love on the internet. Um, it was a very, uh, it's, it was a wild, wild west situation at those it times. Really Not, was. But, you know, just completely unchecked. I'm sure how many serial killers, I'm sure I probably. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it one, one step further on a tangent. Do you remember Chat Roulette? Yes. That is... I think it still exists. It was always just dudes masturbating. Well, I mean, you would not think that, that I, uh, <laughs> not that I know. You would, you would think that like there were a lot of dicks, but like 
there were also just like random people just like let's just do this like them and a friend like let's let's see who pops up and see who we talk to that's it's such a wild concept for a minute i remember when i was in a band in san francisco we talked about doing a, a chat roulette tour where like we didn't leave the, the living room but we would just pop up and just play songs but then we just realized that's like just the digital version of like that asshole that pulls out an acoustic guitar like on a plane or on a train or something and you're just like and you're like oh my god no like stop it nobody wants to <laughs> nobody wants i nobody wants to be assaulted with that just give me the dicks <laughs> I, I i just realized we didn't actually explain what trap what chat roulette is it's kind of what you think it is right you're just it, like it, you just go on the internet and you're on camera and you press a little rant randomizer button and someone from somewhere in the world pops up on your screen and, and you can leave the out. conversation yeah and has their dick out. <laughs> but you could leave the conversation at any time so like if you if there was a dick yeah. you could just leave <laughs> i'm losing it That's, that sounds, that no, sounds like about a chat roulette i don't know you can just leave know. sounds like you're turning it back on the victim i don't, <laughs> I don't know natalie well, they could too. Maybe they maybe they don't want to masturbate to you specifically. <laughs> That's maybe, true. <laughs> maybe you're ruining their day. Yeah, it's, they just look at you and go, "Ugh, next." And we'll just try to give us somebody else. That's terrible. So, thanks for reminding me of chat roulette. I didn't. Yeah. Uh, I haven't thought about I'm, that. In I'm a long definitely going to research. I'm definitely going to send it to the research team of whether or not chat roulette still exists. So, um, where, where are we? Oh my gosh, where are we? We we met Tosh. We met Tosh. So immediately after Damon, this situation with Damon, yeah. Natalie finds Reese, and they go to the scene, and he's completely missing. Yeah. And so it's like it never happened. But the best part is when she tells her friends, when she goes back to this cafe, campus cafe, and, and talks to her friends, they're all like, that didn't happen. Like, they're just not believing her at all, which... She's a practical joker. They established that. The Pop Rocks thing, the bubbles, come on. He's just he's just kidding. He tied himself so to elaborate. that tree. So elaborate. So elaborate. Like... I I would be, I would believe you if you if you told me that that happened. Thank you. I'd and help you, you solve. I'd, I'd help you solve that mystery. I felt like they weren't Thank a very you. supportive friend group. Well, that's why. Again, I was at the beginning. I was wondering, are these are these people even friends? Like, yeah. So, and just the other dude, Michael Rosenbaum Parker. He's just angry all the time. Yeah, he's he's the worst. Is it wait, isn't Kerr Smith's character in Final Destination also named Parker? Or am I making that up? Carter. Carter. It's yeah. Carter. Okay. I was gonna say because if we've got two shitty Parkers, then we know that is not the name to choose. Yeah. Unless you're Parker Posey. Then Yes, then it's yeah. okay. Um Gosh. And then so and then when do we get to Tasha's death? that's she's the next step that's right afterwards right yeah that's right and afterwards so that's I, where she's chatting and she you know similar dark paths and she's like all right let's do it i did think it was a good play on the you know i mean like how many different types of unique college deaths 
you could have. I did like the idea of like, oh yeah, she, they do have bathrooms separate, like down the, you know, down the dormitory. Mm -hmm. So like there would be that quick separate, you know, you know, time where Brenda could get inside, um, especially yep. if she's not thinking much, you know. Um, so I thought that was pretty clever, that part. I liked that. And then, um, yeah, I, li I like that Natalie just assumes she's just getting busy again. So she's like, oh, this time I'm not going to turn on the light. Yeah, I learned better. I know this. I know. I know. I know those violent, violent sex sounds you make. Yeah, th those did not sound like sex sounds at all. Like even from out in the hallway, I'd be like, somebody's struggling in there. Like that does not sound like sex happening, even if they are gothic kids. That, that that sounded that sounded like a struggle. No matter how dark their their lithium path was, I think. <laughs> yeah, I guess I guess. Oh yeah, right. Because they wanted to look like a suicide, but then like how? Mm. Because they would see that she was, like, to be choked violently like, choked to death. You like you would you you'd see visible marks like that mm -hmm. like that and and more so than you know. I mean, I guess I don't know. I mean. I think by the time someone tries to do that to themselves, I think you'd pass out before, you know, but I like don't her know. Her eyes were, her eyes were open, which would not be the case. I, I would assume that you don't just, like, if you're losing blood, you're probably yeah. going to pass out at some point. But what I thought was interesting is that the Dean, so you have the mm -hmm. Dean and Reese, who like just take on this investigation like where are the police and they're like Love well it. we're gonna have to rule it a suicide and i'm like wait what you don't you don't have that authority you don't get to decide what happened here oh and then I, that uh, mean girl that yes. mean girl who says you better I check her down. pulse she's what she what's the quote give me the exact quote better check her pulse she's looked like that for years that's fucking terrible can you imagine? It's pretty funny. That girl. I, <laughs> I know. I'm just like, like how, fucked, how fucked up is that? You know? And then also, I thought it was funny because then it goes to the scene where it's like, you know, it's like Natalie and is it Natalie and Paula, Natalie and the Dean or whatever? And she's just like, no, this is what happened. Or she's talking to Reese, I'm sorry, being like, here's what mm -hmm. happened and this and this and this. And then there's like a long enough amount of time. And then you see uh, Tosh getting wheeled by again. And I'm like, are they just like taking like the long route around no, campus, no. <laughs> pushing this body around to the ambulance? When they first, okay, no, no, no. When the coroner first passed by, they have the stretcher and it has their toolkit on top of it. So that's when they come in. And that's then when she's when a they better check. Out, <laughs> yeah. Then when All they right. go out, her body's on there. They don't just roll back and forth through the room. <laughs> Why are y'all doing this? In case you all didn't get your fill, here she is again. This poor girl's dead, you know. I mean, like, regardless of whatever her choice is, she's you know she's a she's a scholar she is probably as a family that cares right i would think but yeah i um that was my note are they going to be wheeling her throughout the entire campus um and then yeah and then um let's see what happens what happens after this so it's well no okay this is when natalie is like okay 
maybe here's kind of what happened and tells brenda right that yeah okay we were involved in no, brenda's like i know this don't you know yeah yeah she, why what yeah i know she's those wonderful white eyes um rebecca gayhart's so cool i love her <laughs> and I love her so much 90s uh, superstar what was that joke at the end where it's like you know someone said it she looked like the noxzema girl or something because she know? was in the noxzema commercials yeah yeah i know that that was a fun one too then at the same time paul is trying to figure out or is like investigating these urban legends and then mm -hmm. is that what he finds out that it actually happened and he got the no this this little piece here this is where they're looking through all the all the archives so looking through the archives the book for 73 is missing then they start asking the janitor who by the way is listed as weird janitor love it weird janitor he that dude's probably like 32 i was like he's, this dude's probably younger than i am but they make him look like he's this like yeah 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 if, if he would have been there like he's he's not old enough to have been the janitor back in 73 yeah yeah so they're so they're asking him if he knows anything and he's just like fuck off and kind of walks away mm -hmm. and that puts a puts a stop in their investigation then brenda brenda enters the back into the equation and tells natalie she should go to this party parker's party and that's where you cut to the dean and his death which was a fun one it is a fun one and i love that reese is like we need more security and he says that damon is probably shacked up in a hotel somewhere with a girl or a guy or a farm animal um okay reese is like um what kind of 18 did you live <laughs> oh yeah it's like everyone's been 18 and then she goes not that kind of 18. <laughs> yeah like what what's the dean i want to know more about the dean's uh college history and then um but again pretty great i love uh going over going over those spikes with him yeah Fun and death. the uh that tendon being cut is always oof. That is so hard to watch whenever mm. it happens in a movie. Yeah, but a... also, he could have just crawled to the right or left and avoided the car. Yeah, he chose. It's like he. He chose to just keep going straight forward, right in the path of the car. He wanted to. You know, I think he was accepting. He was ready. This is his time. He was ready. <laughs> and he's like, what would be a cool death? I, I liked his death. Here. I yeah, think his too. might be my. I think his might be my favorite. Even though is that an urban legend? Oh, the slicing. The slicing is the is the urban legend. Someone waiting under your car. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> um. And then we, I think we missed a couple things. I mean, I think there's still some red herrings about it being Wexler, where they think they find, um, you know, the oh, parka yeah. and the axe in his office. Um, Which no one, no one thought it was Wexler no 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 one thought it was works like come on yeah. robert england wouldn't hurt a fly um <laughs> <laughs> so then oh and they also i i did appreciate um that college that or sorry that beautiful college library that mm. i have never 
I have never seen one like that on a college campus in person that's also open at all hours of the night and then also has, um, you know, just ur urban legend books available. I could be, I could be wrong, yeah. but the exterior of that college during the day looked like UCLA and UCLA has a big, beautiful library. And how I know this uh -huh. is because in season one, of Buffy the Vampire, or no, I'm sorry, episode one of season five of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, they film at UCLA and they have one shot where they're actually inside of the UCLA library and it's like really big and beautiful and it doesn't look like a library you would expect to see in like a newer California campus, hmm. but it, it has that like charm, that like East Coast charm to it. But I wonder if that's UCLA. But yeah, I would love to just be there in the middle of the night just with books of just urban legends and you know newspaper scrolls just trying to oh yeah i know just a pretty one note for tara reed but i i i oh, just yeah. enjoy, i enjoy the energy i enjoy the enthusiasm yeah. um so they um i did appreciate this was before the dean died but you know they were like you know jared leto and um Natalie S are getting too too close to the story, right? So he Jared Leto gets kicked off the paper. One thing I thought was really funny was well, first when Jared Leto is trying to it's just him as a journalist, I thought it was just really funny. Um, yeah. Or like first, you know, he's trying to press Natalie for questions, and he goes, you know, hey, I'm just trying to do my job, and I'm just like bro hold yourself you're an undergrad journalism not major this is not your job your job is probably working at that cafe <laughs> you know <laughs> part-time you know whatever on yeah. on weekends dude um i thought that was really funny i also thought um when he gets kicked off the school paper you know he's just like you know oh, my journalism career is ruined but honestly we're thinking 1998 like and about what in thinking about what happens to inter, the internet and print journalism yeah. over the years honestly i think a changing career path would probably be i couldn't think of a more opportune time to jump off yeah. that uh that dying train you know what i mean he so, he dodged a bullet really i think so and and an axe and then yeah and then when they're at the um when they're at the party you know when jared leto's like hey bro i think we need to shut this down parker's just like oh, oh you he's know the worst you're just you're just you can't accept the fact that you're just gonna graduate and end up just writing columns for martha stewart living to which i'd be like dude any journalism major like with a bachelor's would that would be the fucking the dream spot to be able to have that like consistent yeah. work for Martha Stewart living, that's incredible. Yeah. A lot of people would kill for that. So it is not the flex or the insult that uh, Parker thinks it is. No, so. he also. But going back to Parker being a dick, yeah. Um, he also is feeding. He's the world's worst dog owner. He also, or like pet parent. I wouldn't even call him a pet parent. He's a dog owner. He has a beer bong with the dog's name on it, and yeah. they're just feeding that poor little dog beer. It's a small dog. I don't like that. He's an abuser. I don't like him. That dog was the, the you know, definitely the the clear victim of this movie, the biggest victim in this movie. 
So this is this is the part when when we get to this party is when I realized for the first time ever mm-hmm. watching this movie for what might be like the twentieth thirtieth time. Is it Halloween? Well, they're wearing I mean, costumes. It's yeah, and they're not wearing yeah. I, that's what I was trying to figure out. It's, some of them are wearing costumes and some of them are not. Yeah, so it's not a halloween it's just a spooky celebration of some sort because it's the massacre that still may or may not have happened it's its anniversary so i don't but maybe some people are just like hey i check the date on that newspaper you only have the opportunity you know to wear that slutty mario costume so many times right so you're just like oh geez if there's another opportunity to (laughs) We're a spooky, spooky costume. gathering. Oh, I mean, well, gosh, let me throw that question right back at you. If there was a Halloween or if there was a holiday in like two weeks that required spooky costumes, you you would you would be into that, right? Yes, of course. Now yeah. this is kind of making me feel like I need to throw an off-season Halloween party. Just getting a little extra spooky time. So, um I, I uh, alluded to this earlier, but, you know, who hasn't wooed a girl and, um, you know, made out a little bit to Zoot Suit Riot? Because um, they certainly did. And it was <laughs> pretty funny. And then, you know, you get Brenda, who's upset because she had alluded to, like, you know, I think Paul's cute. And then mm-hmm. so, like, Paul's just like, what was that? Why is she so upset? Paul's completely clueless, which I absolutely love. And I I will say, I think for how close Brenda and Natalie seem, I mean, obviously they couldn't have been friends for that long. Right. But for how close they seem, she definitely should have done like a, like a friend check on that one and, and asked like, Hey, I think like she could even say like, it, it seems like Paul's kind of into me. Although I think Paul was only into her because she's so closely attached to all the murders and his journalism needs are, are pushing him towards her. Hmm. Maybe. That's true. He's just, it's just always, it's, he's in love with the job that, yes. he, that he doesn't have. <laughs> yeah, Brent, Brenda's pissed and sad. Right. So she takes off. But really, she's just like, nah, I'm just going to go just murder some people. Um, (laughs) And then we get to um, my least favorite death in the movie. The worst. um, Where, geez, I mean, but outside of the dog dying, I did like that. You get that scream kind of bit, you know, where he's on the phone talking, even though Mm. not not a good voice. But also, I think you could tell that it's it's a female with a voice recorder. You can hear, you can tell that it's actually Rebecca Gayhart too, because you can hear the like the inflections in her voice. Like I feel like she has a very specific way that she talks, and I, I could hear it. Yeah, but not a great voice changer. I um, but yeah, it's like oh, you know, is this the one with the babysitter? Well, guess what? I'm not babysitting. And then it's like, Ugh, how about the one with the dog dried off in the microwave, and yeah, again, it's like fucked up. I think up. I remember that being in the trailer too, like him on the phone. Yeah. I, I I feel like I remember that being in the trailer and thinking that that was quite spoilery, but 
it's pretty brutal that they show you like the the pieces of of the dog in the microwave like that is i try to i try to look away when we were on well, it's I was watching rough it, I was, it looks it pra the practical effects wise it looks great yeah looks uh looks pretty rough yeah oh damn it, <laughs> God damn just, it. <laughs> okay uh, um so yeah i know we were i was watching it with uh with my wife and I was like going up to get a beer and then I realized that happened. And then I like ran back to the TV and I was like, turn it oh, off, turn no. it off. <laughs> and she's like, she's like, I know, I know what happens. We look in and you know, she looks away. I don't like to look because <laughs> I don't know why it's my thing. You can kill children all whole day. Not an issue for me, not at all, but just, you know, fucking hurt a dog. Come on. They're just trying to love you and just, you know, then you, you're getting it drunk and then, <sighs> If you took better care of that dog, it'd be never never leave his side and it wouldn't be in that microwave. And then also, I don't think that microwave was big enough for that dog. So No, no, it definitely was not. Like that that's a that's a little westy. Like they're they're yeah. bulky little guys. Like that dog wasn't fitting in that tiny microwave. They could have at least sold it a little better with a like a larger industrial sized microwave. Con convection oven kind of situation. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um yeah gosh well okay well, he so, gets killed he gets Parker killed dies so it goes to probably my f maybe my favorite death in the movie um I, I i like i like the parker death one because he sucks um so no hard feelings um you know doesn't bum me out like the previous one and the next one is gonna bum me out um mm. and i just like the you know, like the Pop Rocks thing. It's just like, fuck it. Pop, like, let's pour some Pop Rocks Pop in. Pop Rocks and Drano. And Drano. I mean, you could have just done the Drano and nobody would have known. It's not like anyone's... I mean, I guess when you find well, the body, you'll see Pop Rocks. When but... they find the body, they'll say, oh my god, Pop Rocks and Drano. Who... What sick fuck did this? Who knew? I, did, I didn't know those couldn't mix. I will never try that combination. Yeah. I thought it was just Pop Rocks and Coke. I thought Pop Rocks and everything else was was just fine. Um, but I yeah, thought it was kind good. of it kind of feels like cheating a little bit on the on the urban legend. I like it, just situation. like with the just like the Bloody Mary thing to a wooden you know board earlier. It's just like ah, fuck it, close enough. You know what I'm just realizing? Mm -hmm. She uses the like beer bong tube as well. It would have better if she didn't kill the dog and just did that to him like as revenge for like feeding that dog that amount of beer through a beer bong because that's she uses the beer bong tube to feed him the the drano yeah i think the movie would have poison for poison that. i think the movie would have gotten a half a star better if the dog didn't die and then while she's pouring pop rocks and drano she just whispers into his ear you know be nice to fucking dogs you motherfucker and then just yeah. you know just like that. <laughs> yeah. Then I'd be like, you know, how how bad is this killer really? Yeah. Um. So he's, he's dead just... as fuck, which good good riddance. That's fine. Yeah. You know, he's you need some fodder, and it's good that when it's people you hate. Um. Now, whereas again, I really like Tara Reid. I mean, I know she's pretty one note, but she's just nice enough in this movie. And what? Mm -hmm. And has nothing to do with the situation. Like nothing to do with this. Yeah. She's just like, I, I, you know, oh, I Natalie, you're reading her. about, 
Yeah, it's like, Natalie, you're reading about urban legends? Oh, okay, that's cool. I'm gonna go do my thing. I'm gonna go do some crazy positions with my man. Right, and it is... (laughs) She has the longest... She's the only one with a chase scene. Like, a full chase scene. And also, her death is not an urban legend. Am I wrong? I think the urban legend part is that you can hear her voice over the speakers, and nobody, you know boy who you know boy who cried wolf kind of situation maybe yeah. not necessarily but at least everyone's thinking it's not a serious thing mm-hmm. um i did think you know again because she does not for comparison's sakes because i've been comparing these two movies already um she does not put up the fight the sarah michelle geller does and i know what she did last summer no. but I thought if any now Sarah Michelle Gellar's death in I Know What You Did Last Summer is the saddest kill I think of any slasher that I've seen because I fucking feel for her and also god damn you get so fucking close and it was such a great chase scene that whole thing and this is a very truncated shitty version of it but at the end it's just like you know poor Tara Reid she's just crying she's like I don't want to die please I don't want to die and then she just gets hacked to fucking pieces with an axe and you're just like jesus come on like what brenda why'd you have to do this whole fucking thing like yeah it feels it feels really unnecessary and like an extra step and just just an unnecessary risk like why would you kill someone who's not in your way whatsoever she's at the radio station she's not doing anything she's not helping solve any mysteries so she's not impeding yeah yeah you're good she's not getting in anybody's way um but so she she dies that bums me out but again i think with you know so far both both of those deaths all those deaths still again very reasonably could have been done by a 22 year old rebecca gayhart Mm -hmm. um so and then that with the voice i think that's when like you know if i was really like caring about this movie the first time and like really paying attention i'm like oh it's totally rebecca gayhart i think you'd be able to call that pretty early i don't think that i called it at that point i think i was still on the fence about whether or not it was paul but yeah i don't think that i i fully knew it was her like at, at that point in the movie but i mean obviously it has to be one of those two like it's going to be paul or, or brenda she um you know natalie hears the radio so does um loretta divine um mm-hmm. so they all try you know they all try to rush over to the radio station um natalie s finds her dead um and then runs off and then, of course, you know, uh, you know, Loretta Devine finds her as well separately, um, and then they meet up again, being like, "We need to get the fuck out of here." Yeah. So this is at this point, has Reese found Wexler's blood yet? Oh, right. So she's going. Was back. that before or after this? I think it's 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 before this. So like, she finds, you know, or she goes like. You know sees that the well we see that the park and axe aren't there anymore and then mm-hmm. there is there's the blood but we don't find mm-hmm. wexler's body until the yeah, back he's of, in the trunk trunk of jared leto's car so they um and i think maybe when she's leaving after finding the blood in wexler's office that's when she hears tara reed on the radio 
Um, mm -hmm. So just putting everything together, just her on a, just a fun Friday, Saturday night, being mm -hmm. like, oh shit, you know, no reason to call any other police for this. Um, or she does. She tries when she finds the blood. She tries to call the police and they're like, because of the storm, like we're receiving too many calls. Sorry about it. Yeah, just not like yeah, yeah. not the murder. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. We're responding to some there's, other there's stuff. Storm issues. <laughs> and he did say like the dean was like, oh yeah, I called the police and told them everyone's gonna be probably pranking you this this weekend. Yeah. That's why I'm just that, like, he's, that feels he's, like something that the police would have to be like, you know, if someone makes a call, like we do have to check. Like, even if they suspect it might be a prank, they I'm I'm. Again, not 100% sure here, but I really think that the police have to check something out. If you say that, like, you found a body, whether I mean, they I, think you're pranking or not. I mean, I'd hope so. I mean, you know, I mean. Because also you get in trouble if it's not true. Our tax so either way, are they're uh, doing their job. Right. Our tax dollars are certainly paying for it. So I think yeah. they fucking better come out. Yeah, um, I would hope that they would. So, a puddle of blood like and they're like no we can't we don't have time for that so you've got um yeah rebecca gayhart and natalie s and you've got jared leto they're like we need to get the fuck out of here let's go um they make it down what towards to the gas station and then mm -hmm. that's when they find wexler's well, body they keep the mentioning back. yeah they keep that mentioning smell. that the car smells yeah and Jared Leto's like, I don't, like, I don't know anything. Like, they're trying to throw you off. It's super obvious that Brenda is the killer as soon as she says that she is giving Natalie her blessing to date Paul. At that point, I'm like, oh, yeah, you, you were too bitter. Like that, that, that can't be the case. Yeah. And th this is where, okay, this is where the movie starts to like drag for me for a little bit when. Once they discover this body and they're like running through the woods and there's the whole sequence of, you know, Brenda screaming to throw off Natalie and make her think that it's Paul. And then she's like trying to use the emergency phone. Then she hears the screaming, like the whole like sequence of all of that, like that. I, I found that whole thing. Like I started to like lose focus and literally stopped even writing notes. Um, but once she gets into the house, once she gets into the house, the um, Stanley Hall, it, it picks up again. And in between that, you have, well, yeah, it's like good, good on Brenda. Like that was pretty miraculous to get Smart. her all the way to Stanley Hall, especially because at first you've got the whole situation with the janitor in the truck, who is, again, like Brad Dourif in the beginning, like even worse, like doing no favors to not be a fucking creep um yes. and like grabbing her and being like the door is locked sweetheart what's wrong blah, blah, blah. with you yeah yeah and you're just like she oh just said that someone was after her that's what's wrong and then again it's like you know i don't think brenda had a plan at this point she was just running around the woods screaming yeah. like let's just confuse her and then yeah gets into paul's car and then drives the truck off the road luckily you know only killing the janitor and giving natalie like very any scratch whatsoever <laughs> um and then also just how huh this worked out just perfectly her <laughs> crash the car in a just a direct line over to stanley hall where yeah. she gets it so they couldn't have gotten that 
far if they hadn't had yeah how far could they have possibly not far been at all there? like that i mean how long would it have taken her to get there if it was like a mile right like at least like 10 or 15 minutes i would think so i um so she makes her way back and again you know i'd mentioned like you know i'm, I'm impressed most of this, most of these deaths mm-hmm. seem like they could have been reasonably done you know by rebecca gayhart but um how did she get all these bodies to this building and especially mm-hmm. like say you know like the people it, I, I don't remember if so okay so parker and tara reed they're both they're not their bodies were not brought to wexler hall because they're still over at the at the other house during the party um but you do find damon you do find no parker's uh, parker's body is there how he's the he's the first one that she discovers how does it like, i that don't fast know. anyone who and could carry a body who's under who's under the sheet the second body that she discovers that's not I, tara reed it might be i guess so i don't remember which does she, still this doesn't make Tosh? sense because reese would have found her and then she would have had to double back to go get her damon makes sense because there's so much time in between his kill and the, all these discoveries still hanging right i also like that she screams she like screams so loud at each body that she discovers like i think after the first one you'd be like okay if i scream again whoever did this is gonna know where i'm located like shut the fuck up girl and it's like you've seen you've seen all these dead bodies like already you know yeah like let's let's calm down calm down yeah Get your shit together. You have a big fight to win. I know. Any minute and, now. And then I do think the movie, like again, I think I think saves itself a lot when you get to this next scene and you mm-hmm. hear, you know, you hear Brenda screaming upstairs. She goes up, you know, Alicia Witt goes upstairs. Is like, you know, trying to be like, okay, let's, you know, let's get you free and this and this and this and this. And then you got your reveal. The, it's no, Brenda. she's sli- she's pretending to be dead. She's think... laying on she's laying on the bed and she's oh, pretending right, to be right, dead. Right. And then when Natalie turns around to grieve her, she like hits Gets her. Gets up, knocks her out. Yeah. It's a pretty good punch to knock her out like that. Yeah. Right and in the, the right in the middle of the forehead. You can see like her bruise later, which I, I like a lot. I like the attention to detail. Um and then took on took the time to change her eye makeup at least. Um, um i have a lot of things to say about her appearance here let's i'm gonna pass it to you because i love all of this and i think okay. rebecca gayhart is fantastic and you go for I, it i okay i absolutely love rebecca gayhart i think she's amazing in this movie she also i'm gonna go on a on a curly hair community tangent here she was one of the few actresses that was like a really big deal that had curly hair and made it look great not to mention, and this isn't a dig against her, every time they sh- would straighten her hair in a movie, and you see it at the end of this movie, she looked like 10 years older. Like it aged her whenever her hair was straightened. But she always rocked her hair curly, and I really appreciate it. She always wore it very fluffy curly. And you'll notice in this entire movie, it is not particularly fluffy. It's pretty flat. All of a sudden, Homegirl reveals herself as a crazy killer and she has the fluffiest curly hair. Like it looks like 
she's a completely different person. Her hair is doubled in size. And that to me is one of the most frustrating things as someone with curly hair, because there's this stigma against it, like being crazy and messy and like this like attachment to it being unprofessional or like unhinged. So it bothers me so much. Like it looks better. Like her hair looks better once she's revealed to be the killer. But it is one thing that I just can't stand. I love the crazy eye makeup. And I like, I think they did a good job of making her look a little bit more loony than, you know, she's she was before. But oh, that just it gets me every time that the hair thing. It really, really bothers me. And it's such a such a repeat thing that you see like growing up and like even back then and even still now, like the way that like curly hair changes the character. Just wanted to throw that out there because I think she's I think she's great and I really love I really love her reveal. I it's funny you brought that up because there are three different forms her hair takes. Um, one is the picture of her with her fiance, where her hair mm-hmm. is the straightest it is in the it's movie. It's like slicked back. Yeah. Yeah. And then you've got super polished. So you you have the the transition of the curlier it gets, the crazier she is kind of situation. Yeah. So it's like you felt like even with the the the, the flattened curls, it was still mm-hmm. like. Maybe she was just holding back the crazy and then just boom, just comes out. Yeah. So I think uh, on a looks, you know, it's like, I get it, but I do, I do hear you. I think that's a, it's an unfair stereotype. You know, it's just like. Uh, that whoops. being said, she looks, she looks super hot, like with her fluffed out hair and that messy black eyeliner. I love it. And yeah, I, yeah. Something that we skipped over too is when Natalie tells Brenda the story of how how it happened, mm-hmm. like how how the death of this man happened. And I wonder if in that moment Brenda was like, "Oh shit, I thought Natalie was driving the car," and she had like made this whole plan <laughs> around thinking she was the one. It's the only way that things would make sense, really. I um. And I and it's funny because like at the end it's <laughs> I love the you used a you used an urban legend to kill my boyfriend Natalie now I'm gonna use urban legends to kill everyone <laughs> and <laughs> I um I was also getting um Michelle Pfeiffer Batman Returns vibes yes, from her yes saw that kind of channeling I loved that um, more more fluffed out curly hair yep. as the woman gets crazier. Yeah, geez. Yep. You're onto something. I, I um, am. But yeah, I think that's that's hilarious. And she's like, wait, fuck. I thought you were the one driving the car. <laughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> because exactly, like you're right. Like I was like, I was telling that to um to my wife when we were watching it, where I'm like, why I thought the same thing. I'm like, why kill, you know, Michelle first? Even like yeah. in the flashback scene, it's like Michelle's the one like laughing and doing ha ha ha. You know, and it's like I guess, um, and yeah, you know, you know, Natalie is like, oh, I could have said no or mm-hmm. stop, you know, I get that. But um, so that's why I'm like, again, yeah, it makes way more sense to do it the other way. But I do think that would be funny 
And I think that would have even been a perfect line, too, if Rebecca Gayhart had said that at the end. She was like, yeah, well, I kind of fucked up a little bit, but, you know, yeah, when you get... Have to when improvise. You get <laughs> but, you know, you have to improvise. When you get a little too excited, ah, you miss some of the details. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> but, hey, now... Yeah, that, got... that would have been... That would have been a great way to just yeah. fix that whole plot. Absolutely. You get, to, you get to be on this earth a little longer, you're welcome. But uh, now I'm going to have to take your kidney. So. Yeah. And I love that she says she's not sure where the kidney is. She's like, I'm just going to pull out the first organ I see. I love <laughs> it. terrifying. Because well, I'm pretty sure the kidneys are kind of more in the back. But she's just like, oh, yeah. I'm just going to cut. And, but, yeah. And there was a, she was going one, like she... appendix appendix territory that's and then right you've you've got uh reese comes back at this point and i think gets incapacitated and then mm -hmm. paul and then paul shows up yes once once brenda has the gun paul shows up and tries to like you know act like he's into it like oh like you were trying to to help me in my journalism career and like let's yeah let's do this let's, let's be a power like, couple I, I love, love that it. she says we'd be so fucking hot together, Paul. <laughs> I love it. And then just, and then especially just, you're cute, but not that fucking cute. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then, of course, you know, then the, the, the eeny, meeny, miny, oh. then fucking our hero so of this movie, Loretta Define. Mo. Mo. Bam. And just how she says it, you know, just that. Oh, you just trust everything she says with it's, that voice. It's the most ridiculous, fun thing. Like, it makes me laugh out loud every time. Yeah. That eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Yeah, then they're like, okay, so she has a, you know, Lord of Divine does have a stomach, like, bullet wound. Um, yeah. And they're like, all right, we're going to call the paramedics and leave and yeah she but you'll be fine tells them she tells them to get out of there too why? which i thought was really weird yeah i'm like why why would you do that also brenda flew out that window like from getting hit just by like a nine millimeter like that doesn't seem like it would have enough power to send a woman through an entire window like that's like shotgun territory so that kind of bothered me a little bit but and that that didn't kill her yeah getting shot and falling out of the second story window but i i love i love that they they're like she's fine she's gonna be great the paramedics are on their way like you couldn't have waited and then just think of just after just all these awful traumatic events they're driving home you know mm -hmm. wexler's body's still in the trunk of that car i would think <laughs> i hope they <laughs> dumped him somewhere right and then they would have, and then also, how did they get the keys to the car? I thought Brenda would have them, unless she left them somewhere, right? Because she was the last one driving it. Yeah. But, I mean, they could have just taken it off of her body. Yeah, I guess they. I mean, I guess they don't. They could have edited that out and just assumed that we would, you know, fill in the pieces ourselves. But I did like how they were like, yeah, maybe this will be an urban legend, and this and this and this, and then you're yeah. like y'all like your friends are well, i mean i think your friends are everyone's like, dead everyone's dead like that's... they're like giggling they're like you'd be a cop and brenda will be a man like coming up with all these fun ideas of how it will evolve and then it's like the, what's and... the twist yeah okay this is great because brenda's in the back and again mm -hmm. 
acts from behind in the car but he just keeps driving like Paul doesn't think to himself you know now might be a good time to pull over this car yeah it's keep going and again just how unwieldy it is with an axe in the back of the car like that and then also where did you get the axe from um unless she has like a spare set of axes somewhere which i guess would make sense if i were like an axe wielding parka wearing yeah serial killer you, you would want to have extra axes just in case yeah um yeah geez so but then again i mean she's like yeah well fuck it it worked the first time still counts as an urban legend i'll hide behind your car um and then very conveniently she again crashes through a window <laughs> flies multiple stories down off a bridge um, off into a bridge, the water into the still water. alive and then they're like oh okay we're just gonna leave this alone too and then that's it and then it just and then it just jumps forward to you just i mean you assume that you know loretta, loretta divine's all right and then we hop back to this is 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 it the same college? college different no college, it's a different right? college um which i fucking love if there wasn't um I guess you'd have the killer revealed immediately, but uh, if you can give me sequels either with Loretta Devine, I guess maybe Loretta Devine going from college to college trying to track, you know, Rebecca Gayhart, who's going from college to college doing this, which I think is awesome. I hope she kills every one of those people. That, at the end that, of that would movie. have been awesome. But yeah, I they all it. look they all look 30. <laughs> those, yeah. those college students look so so old to be to be there even yeah even by like 90s like 30 year olds playing high school students you know yeah yes um but i did i did like that at the end where she's like like here's how you know here's how it really happened and this and this and this yeah um even with that he's not in the sequel which is kind of frustrating yeah not to spoil the sequel or anything but yeah rebecca gayhart does not return but Loretta Devine does. Hell yeah. And that's cool. I would, you know, I'm just like, ah, you know, it's, it's, it's that, it's the media, you know, just trying to get you on board with making all these super heroic cops and shit. And I'm like, damn it. <laughs> Cause I love that trope of like He's small great. town put upon, you know, sheriff or campus police officer just on their own solving a mystery. I love it. But like in actuality, that's kind of how I like to think like the best cops do operate where they like don't really fit in with the other ones. And like the reason why is because they're so amazing and awesome. And they're just like, okay, I'm going to handle this shit on my own. Because I think, I think even in the second one, when like murders start happening again, that are urban legend themed, she's like, I've seen this before. (laughs) You're like, fuck yes. Hell fucking. Yeah. That's, Um... That's exactly what you would want. I don't know if I want to put you through watching that movie if you haven't seen it. I remember it being pretty terrible. Pretty terrible. Okay. Well, I will. I'll report back and we'll see if I end up watching it. I'll. I'll. I'll, I'll share my thoughts. Gosh, then that wraps up the movie. Um, yeah. So you know, again, each time you know we have a patent pending. By the way, so please be courteous. A patent pending <laughs> five boo rating system. Uh, one boo being like mm, mm, not so spooky and then five boos mm-hmm. being in just industry legend status um <laughs> so and three being average good fine yeah yeah 
wonderful and then we we throw in some half booze because come on we're mm -hmm. we're human you know five five makes it you know you've got to give some some room for some wiggle room in there because one through ten is a little too much yeah no. oh yeah yeah uh, no yeah half just five booze. five five booze system um now i'm gonna go ahead and say fuck this is now this is nostalgia feeding into this one quite a, a I bit knew it. but i'm gonna say just just shoot it straight it's a four four boo movie four boos i fucking love urban legend this movie is fucking wow. great you have you have okay first of all think of your base movie which is fine it's a fine okay enjoyable thing you've got some you've got some fun kills here mm-hmm mm -hmm now okay okay see but see i keep giving things three and a half so i don't so cause normally i would take a boo back for the dog situation because mm. normally i just not having it with that movie or with that kind of situation but geez you give me daniel harris you give me um loretta divine and then you give me robert england and brad dorif i'm like those are all half boos each so it's like you're getting already like a two boo surplus two blue two blue padding here okay i the icing i'm i'm gonna say this i i don't think that there needs to be a hard set of rules here i'm okay with us just going rogue but half a boo for each industry legend is quite generous yeah well you know you, like, you, you, I feel you're like in there that needs status to be, i feel like there needs to be a cap on how many half boos you can add for amazing cast members like at that point is it like okay you've got four so maybe you add just one extra boo for all four i thought i gave a full boo to tony todd for final destination didn't i like just him alone i can't no, remember he, it was a it was a half it was a half boo yeah I, no um, if, it, if it's a four i i i really i really struggled with this and this happens a lot for me because I so it means it's a two. It's a two otherwise for me without those elements. Okay. <laughs> I went back and forth a lot about this, and I still I think I'm just gonna shout out a, a number and, and hope that it feels right because I like I like bad movies. So I'll start by saying that I like movies that I would consider to not be great movies, but I would tell people to watch this movie. How like, is that I would relevant? Recommend this movie. That how it's relevant is it's a great the movie. Nostalgia, <laughs> asshole. This isn't the a bad movie. Nostalgia like raises it for me because I've seen it so many times that I keep watching it. But I like I wouldn't put it in my top favorite movies, and anything that I would give four boos, I would put in like in my favorite. So, I mean, I would say comparing, like, you know, comparing it against its peers, you know, I don't know, like watching it again, I was like, I, I will rewatch this more than I know what you did last summer. So that was going to be my question to you is would, what, what, I mean, we'll probably talk about, I know what you did last summer, but would you rate this higher than I know what you did last summer? Yeah. Not by much. Wow. Not by much, okay. not by much, because I just don't give two sh shits about. Okay, the the, the only saving things. Yeah, the the 
you have Ryan Philippe, 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 or and then Sarah Michelle Geller, who are mm-hmm. I think are really strong, great in that movie. So good. And that's it. You know, I mean, the rest of it's pretty. Just yeah, it's it's kind of a drag. It's pretty. It's long. Slow. It's long. You know, it's like two hours long. This movie is an hour and forty minutes. It's crisp, fresh. Love it. Um. Okay. I am gonna give it. I'm gonna push it up a half a boo for all four of those amazing industry legends. Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna give it a three point five. That's pretty good. Even for all of even for all of the things that I I have take issue with, I do I do enjoy watching it. It's it's a comfort it's like a comfort movie. Like if I was you know if I travel for work and I'm in a hotel and I'm flipping through channels and Urban Legend is on, I'm definitely gonna stop. I'm not gonna pass it by. Yeah, like I said, it's a fun one. I think that there was a stretch of those. You know some really bad slashers in 1996 to nineteen ninety nine. That fuck, yeah. I watched every single one of them, and we'll probably do episodes I... on every single one of them. Oh, okay. I, <laughs> I, I was thinking maybe we group together a lot of the shitty ones uh-huh. and just kind of run run through them, like do like a power power run through. Like I think of like movies like My Soul to Take. I was gonna say I was gonna say Valentine with David Boreanaz. I like Valentine. <laughs> is that? <laughs> That's. I think, that... I think we need to do Valentine. Oh Jesus! Okay, well maybe we'll wait till next February. We're <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just planning planning the schedule. Any, yeah. If, if anyone has any has any suggestions or feels strongly about Valentine or any of these late nineties, early two thousand slashers, they can weigh in. Yeah. Maybe well, they think something's underrated. Well see, I think my very bold four boo in your three and a half, see we ended up pretty close. I I think this movie having a twenty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes is absolute bullshit. Like that, I do not agree with because the other movies that I can think of that have a twenty four percent are awful. Like, um, one of them being Resident Evil. The um, when did that all, come out? In they're all pretty they're bad. all awful, but they're all in the twenties. And I'm like, I'm sorry, there is no world where urban legend and resident evil are on the same like playing field i just i don't i don't see that now i'm defending it look at this i <laughs> see what i've done i'm like hey i'm like i'll go to this ted talk comparing <laughs> urban legend against resident just, evil just me going through this emotional roller coaster of yeah. my feelings of on this movie hmm. another series with ali larder we're gonna keep finding you know it all ties together. The the oh, horror yeah. community is, is tight. Well, we spent quite a deal of time talking about this beautiful treasure of a movie. Is there anything else that we need to touch base on? No, but I, I do think you should watch the sequel. I am all curious. Right. I'm curious to hear your thoughts. Is it better or worse? Oh, I love I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. Um, I think that movie I is more I love I Still Know What You Did Last Summer. <laughs> That one is it's so great. Fuck. Maybe we just yeah. Maybe we just skip right. Just go right just to that skip one. Skip it. 
for just yeah. like like give ourselves give ourselves a solid half an hour to talk about the first one because everyone has talked about I know what you did last summer at nauseam, but I still know what you did last summer. That's okay. an underrated movie. That karaoke bit is the dumbest, most awesome thing. It makes no sense, but I love it so much. They just need an excuse to show people Jennifer Love Hewitt could sing so they could yes. release that single, How Do I Deal? Yes. You know? Yeah. That song's oh terrible. But I know it. But I know it. And I, I would sing it sometimes just drunkenly to annoy people around me. Um, and we switch it when they don't know what it is. And then we're just like, uh, just stop. What, like, is, what that? is that terrible song? They're like, is that an original? Like, what is this? Yeah. I'd be like, yeah, it is. I wish. Um, <laughs> I, you would be the only one that would know. I'm like, have I heard that fucking stupid song before? Oh, but, I know um, that song. Yeah. How do I, how do I deal with you reminding me <laughs> about this fucking song? <laughs> um, gosh, I think we're here. Yeah. I know. I you know what? I going into this movie, I did not think that it would create such a rich dialogue. I had a feeling it would. You know, like I said, this movie it's you know it's like uh it's like it's like an onion, it's got layers, you know, like uh like like Shrek said to that donkey, the other movie Shrek. <laughs> the 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 other other movie Shrek. I, I am curious, Kyle, who who would you recommend this movie to in the year of 2023 that may not have seen it? Um, you know, I see, I feel like I would, I, I had a lot of fun watching it, say, with, you know, my wife, who is not really into slashers at all, but loves, uh, you know mysteries that's why you know we, we you mm. know got her, got her into scream you know and that's what i loved about scream so much was the murder mystery mm -hmm. component and that's what i like so much about these 90s slashers and you know there's 80s ones you know obviously the 80s ones too but you know the ones that aren't like jason or freddie or whatever but mm -hmm. a lot of them have that murder mystery component so it's you got your that not to compare urban legend to like agatha christie but a little <laughs> bit you know um you was this her was this her first time watching it? No, we'd watched it before. Okay. When I on my recommendation and she liked it. Um so outside the dog bits. Mm -hmm. Literally the dog bits. Literally. All, all inside <laughs> that, you know, hard it is just yeah, oh, just help. and I just think for a college, uh I'm singing just just the the state of college microwaves. How how many weeks before you think someone finally cleans that out? Or even realizes what it is. They're like, who the fuck left spaghetti in here? I was gonna say, how many how many bowls of spaghetti do you think were microwaved in there after the fact? Just from lazy ass oh, college God. students. They were like Yeah, they just move enough of the chunks to fit their bowl in there. <laughs> I don't know what you made, might have make it worse by say, calling them chunks. Well that bits was bad. That's true. Uh, well, that wraps yeah. it up for Urban <laughs> Legend uh, for us. Um, so, you know, hold your, hold your, hold your pets close. <laughs> um, sorry, sorry if we took up a large chunk of your time. Take care, Natalie. You have a good one. Um, and I appreciate you as always. And uh, gosh, thanks, everybody. Take care in three, two, one, ghost. Thanks for listening to our episode on Urban Legend. 
If you enjoyed listening to us as much as you love listening to Under the Covers with Sasha, you can find us on social media and give us a follow. You can find us on Instagram at 321GhostPod. You can also find us on Twitter at 321GhostPod, but hopefully not for much longer. If you'd like to send us an email with any questions, comments, concerns, or maybe a suggestion for a movie you'd like us to chat about, you can also shoot us an email at 321ghostpod at gmail.com. If you're listening to us on any sort of streaming platform, we would love and appreciate if you could leave us a killer review. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget to check the back seat. 321 Ghost. Ghost.